Listening to Real Talk SLP with your host, Felice Clark, the Deviling Speechy. This is a show to help speech pathologists navigate the SLP world with real life stories to celebrate therapy successes and how to persevere when failure comes knocking on your door. Hey there, Rockstar SLPs. So when it comes to planning by themes, you need all the cheat sheets you can get for keeping track of the words in the theme and especially keeping track of the words that are theme related that have your students' speech sounds. I mean, we are juggling so many different sounds and approaches uh, with our students. Like when you're doing a pet theme or a beach theme or a spring theme, it's really, really nice to have a cheat sheet listed out with all the words that are related to that theme by sound. And it definitely makes all the difference to have a cheat sheet to reference for sound loaded words to target while you're reading a themed book or doing a passage that's related to a theme, or maybe you're using a toy that's related to the theme um, or, you know, or a sensory bin and you want to know what words you could use with that activity that has your students' speech sounds. That's why in the Theme Therapy SLP membership, you get a speech sound word list for the theme. And you also get a speech sound word list for uh, the toy guide and the sensory bin guides, as well as the book cheat sheets. Because I want SLPs to feel confident and knowing that they may have to go off script or they're going to be using a book with many different goals in their therapy room and they can feel confident knowing that they can target all the goals in the group because they can reference this cheat sheet for how to do it. And so, you know, the theme therapy SLP membership is relaunching in summer 2022. And I want to invite you to sign up for the wait list at themetherapyslp.com so that you don't miss any of the details when we say doors are open because there are going to be um, bonuses and, and just different perks for being on the wait list. And this is also a great time to start asking your employer if they would support you this coming school year um, with theme therapy planning so that you can have engaging lessons and still have time to do all that fun paperwork, right? Um, and and so if you're, if you're like, you know, I really am interested in this. I just don't know if I can cover the cost. Start having that conversation with your employer now because we do take purchase orders and we have group rates. So get on the wait list at themedtherapyslp.com. So today we're going to be talking about four things that could be missing from your articulation sessions. Now, I'm sure you have kids on your caseload who are working on a specific articulation goal, or they have been in speech since kindergarten, and now they're in fifth or sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and you're going, I need to help this student graduate. They are burnt out. I, I want them to graduate because they're starting to get a little bit, um, 
you know, irritable in sessions. They roll their eyes at me every time I try to say, hey, we're going to do this fun activity. (laughs) Or maybe you keep asking them like, hey, how did your sound, you know, how did you produce that sound? Was it correct? How do you think it sounded? Or what were, what sound are you working on? And they're kind of like, I don't know. And you're going, oh my goodness, if we don't start, you know, increasing their self-awareness about their sound, they are not, they're not going to graduate. They're going to be in speech, um, till high school. And we want to graduate our kids early. It's, it's one of those, like, we love our kids. We want to keep them forever, but we also want to see them grow enough to not need us anymore. Um, and so raise your hand if you're listening to this while you're working out or in the car doing the dishes, raise your hand. If you have students on your caseload who have been in speech since early elementary, or they want to graduate, but they still have errors at the conversational level. And you just, you're like, I can't yet. You got to get these, you got to get it at the conversation level, or they just aren't motivated to practice outside of speech sessions and they won't do the homework that you give them or, you know, Really, they struggle with even being motivated in your session. Um, And so if you're hitting some roadblocks with helping your students generalize their speech sounds into conversation and outside of the speech room, you know, this episode is going to be giving you four things that could be missing from your sessions. And so what I'm really going to be focusing on the students who have one to two sound errors and have not mastered them, you know, past the word or sentence level. And you're wondering how the heck am I going to get them to master these sound productions at the conversational level across settings and speakers. And so that's what we're going to be really, the things you can do in your sessions for that. But I will say this, One of the reasons you may not be seeing your students generalizing their speech sounds, um, that could be related to the fact that you are using a treatment approach that is not the most ideal for your students' speech sound disorder diagnosis. You may be treating um, a student's goals with a traditional articulation approach and really they have speech sound substitutions and need a minimal pairs approach or maybe you're doing a minimal pairs approach with students but they have apraxia and you need to use a completely different treatment uh, plan and approach with that student. So you really want to take a look at those things. If you're going, you know, I can't get this student to, to make this sound or they're, they are stuck at this one sound. You need to look at your approach. And the best way to do that is to start taking, um, baselines, probing your students to really get an idea of their speech sound errors and what those look like. And, and then start doing some training and refreshing of the different approaches because there are a lot of them and we are juggling so much and it's very, very easy to get into the trap of having a mixed group in front of you and you grabbing a word list with the K words at the initial position of words and you drilling, 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 drilling those words, um, each session over and over again. Um, because you haven't had time to plan or really think through a student's case. And this happens. 
and, and you know, it's happened to everybody. It's happened to me. Um, we're, we're juggling a lot. And we all, a lot of times we have to jump right in and get to moving with therapy. But just know that if you're running into roadblocks with your students, this means maybe that you need to take a step back, refresh, uh, look at the student's you know, speech sound profile with new eyes and check out some of these other approaches that could help with generalization by only working at those speech sounds at the word level. And so some of those types of approaches could be the complexity approach, minimal pairs approach, um, maximal oppositionals approach, cycles approach, distinctive feature therapy. So there's a lot of different approaches that you could be using with your students. And so Check those out. So the four things that may be missing from your sessions is number one, you may need to stay at the syllable level longer. And this, this is something that I learned from Pam Marshall's carryover techniques in articulation and phonology course on the speech therapy PD. And it was something that I wasn't doing. Um, or I would get a child to say their speech down in isolation. I maybe would see if they were stimulable at the syllable level. And then once they could do it, I, I jumped immediately to words and I kind of bypassed that, that syllable level. And if you're doing a traditional articulation approach, you know, this is an important level. And so I, after listening to her talk about that, I started to say, you know what, I need to start um, implementing syllable level practice. And she, her case for why it's important is it provides speech motor practice with nonsense syllables. So you're taking out the linguistic component where if you were to use, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a word pass or sing to work on the S sound. Now your student has to also apply linguistics and they have to read the word. So you're taking away from the motor practice. So when we're having nonsense syllables, we're able to allow our students to get those high practice trials um, and really focus on how they're producing the sound. So I actually made this free syllable sound practice uh, sheet that I, that you can use with any, uh, speech sound. And I'm like, I'm just so amazed with it because it's so, I'm like, you can use it with any speech sound. It's very, very versatile. It's no prep. There's even Google slides that you can use with it, but you can use it with post-it notes. You can use it with the Bajoram speech sound cues. You can put it in a plastic sheet cover and use dry erase markers. So it's very, very versatile and it gets you those high trials. So I will link to that in the show notes. So the second thing that could be impacting your articulation progress is you're not incorporating phonological awareness. And so research finds that children with speech sound disorders often have difficulty with literacy tasks. So if we can incorporate some quick phonological awareness tasks using words with their target sound or pattern, we can simultaneously help their auditory discrimination and their literacy skills. So by incorporating this at the beginning of our session, you know, you're number one, all in working on auditory discrimination, which is going to help them with perceiving their sound productions. 
And it's also going to help them with the reading. So, you know, some activities that you can do is, you know, what position did you hear your sound? Did you hear it at the beginning? Did you hear it at the middle? Did you hear it at the end? Um, let's see what happens when we take this word ab and add in different sounds. Do you hear your sound? Your sound is the g sound, right? Do you hear um, g in lab? lab. No. Oh, gab. How about that? So you can do things like that. You can also take words. Let's say you're working on the CH sound and you can take a word like changeable. Say changeable. Now say it again without able. What is left? Change. And so you can use your students' speech sounds to work on, you know, what phone, you know, manipulating phonemes, deleting syllables, you know, all those different tasks. And it doesn't have to be that long. It can be something that you do for one or two minutes before jumping into articulation drill. And so I have um, phonological awareness activities in my digital speech folder resources in my Teachers Pay Teachers store. I will link to that so that you can check it out. It You can make digital speech folders for your groups or individual students using Google Slides and putting together um, therapy activities, but then also even home programs that you can have ready to go for your students. But if you're looking for something that is more of a printable option that has everything mapped out for you so you don't have to worry and think about the wordless, check out the Phonological Awareness Articulation Intervention by Nicole Allison. It's really good. I used it with some of my fifth and sixth graders um, when I was trying to incorporate phonological awareness, and it was really helpful. The third thing that could be missing from your articulation session that can be really, really important for articulation carryover is incorporating self-monitoring into your sessions. Your students have to think about their speech productions on their own when you aren't around. So in order to start that process, we got to implement that in our sessions more. And that can be, you know, incorporating this into our activities that we're already doing. Uh, one thing that you can do is you can make a self-reflection sheet. I have a whole free articulation carryover um, resource that I will link to the show notes so that you can go download it. And inside it has a whole reflection sheet where you can ask your students, okay, well, how was my speech during that activity? Did I have a lot of errors? Or did I have, you know, one or two? What words did I say correctly? What words did I not say correctly? What strategies help me remember my speech sound productions? Um, you know, when can I practice my speech sounds at home? You know, starting to have those discussions uh, during the sessions. At the end of your session, have, you know, chart how your student did when you took data and review it with them. Talk about which words they did really well and how you heard their tongue or their lips or whatever they were doing. What you saw was good. Um, you can also come up with a visual cueing strategy with your student that you guys, you know, you guys work it out yourself where you're saying, okay, every time while we're doing this activity, every time I stamp the paper, that means you got a 
you know, I heard a great production. Um, you can do this with dot markers and have a, you know, they can have a speech sound rater like red is it wasn't correct. Yellow is you almost got it. And green is that was perfect. And then you use the dot markers. And while they're practicing their speech sounds, you can dot the color for the speech sound. And if you are looking for um, some sentence level or articulation carryover activities, I will link the resources that I have in my Teachers Pay Teachers store to help you plan lessons because I have a sentence articulation challenge sheet and articulation activities that have um, sounds broken up in the passages and different activities that you can do to get those high trials and then take data and then have those discussions with your students about how they are monitoring their speech sounds. So check the show notes if you're interested in that. Um, also, you can, you know, to work on self-awareness and monitoring, if you have parent permission, you can record them and have them judge their own productions. And this is a way to have a discussion so they can start to see like, oh, wow, I really don't think about my speech sound when I'm talking or, oh, this is what it sounds like. Um, another way to work on self monitoring, even if they're not necessarily ready to, you know, practice that at the conversation level, because it's just too overwhelming. They're still practicing a lot at the sentence level. Give them some challenge words for the open-ended activity that you're doing and only rate them on their productions for those challenge words, because this gives them something specific to focus on monitoring rather than just saying, think about your sound while we're talking, think about your sound. And, you know, and I've done this, so I'm not, you know, I'm not mocking anyone. I'm like, I've done this and I knew that there could be a better way. And so this is how, what I started to do is implementing these self monitoring activities. And then the last thing that could be missing from your articulation session is maybe you're not varying tasks to provide naturalistic opportunities to practice. Things in your session are just very, very focused at drill, 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 and words, you know, words, 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 but you're not varying the activities to help your students have opportunities to try to practice them in different, different situations. And, and there may be a time and place where really focusing at the word level or the syllable level or the sentence level and doing those drills are really, really important. But there are components of our sessions that we could still provide an opportunity to have a naturalistic exchange and see how they're doing with their speech sound. So you don't have to do it the whole session, but maybe after you do all your drill, you can read text messages, funny text messages out loud and have them practice their speech sound. Or when you're playing bubble talk, they read all the cards that are submitted to be judged so that they can work on their speech sound. Or if you're watching a Simon's cat video, you know, they can retell what happened in that video and monitor their speech productions. So it doesn't have to be the entire session. It could be something that you do at the end um, 
after you've done all your drill type stuff. So just to recap, the four things that could be missing from your articulation sessions are you're not staying at the syllable level longer. You're not incorporating phonological awareness tasks during practice time. Um, You aren't being intentional with incorporating self-awareness in your activities. And number four, varying activities to provide for the natural conversation practice. Now, it can be kind of overwhelming when you start to realize like, well, I'm not doing any of those. Well, you know what? That's a lot of us right? This isn't just something that I overnight started implementing and was like, I'm fixed. I figured it all out. What I did was I started to look at my sessions and see what my students could benefit from and started to revamp those areas. Um, and, And I took it one step at a time. So pick one thing from these four things that you want to start implementing next week or, you know, or even next year when you start therapy with your students. So as always, SLPs, be the SLP that every kid wants to see. Stay inspired, and I will talk with you next week.